Hello all and welcome to another episode of The Athlete's Advocate. I am your host, Ashel Tack, professional basketball player and published author of my book, The Reality Behind the Glamour of College Athletics. The Athlete's Advocate is a podcast series I started to share unique stories of athletes that are changing the game, advocating for themselves, daring to challenge the system while changing the status quo. Today's episode features a very special guest, Lydia Hainowich. How are you, Lydia? Good. How are you, Michelle? Thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, thank you for joining me today, Lydia. No, absolutely. I'm pumped about this. I've been waiting for it for, I've been eager to get, get on it. So thank you. Uh, Lydia graduated from Clemson University, where she competed in rowing. As a junior, she was named All-American by the National Strength and Conditioning Association. She was also honored as a National Scholar Athlete by the College Rowing Coaches Association, and which was honored for dedication to not only strength training and conditioning, but also academic and personal accomplishment. Outside of athletics, Lydia continues to channel her experiences in entrepreneurship and athletics at Clemson into an exciting career in sports technology. Her work includes partnering with startups to help bridge the gender gap in sports research in order to make a positive impact in the athletic world. You know, so you attended Clemson University where you were on the rowing team. How was that experience like for you? Mm -hmm. And, you know, most of these athletes that I usually, Mm -hmm. um, you know, interview are, you know, basketball players, but to kind of switch roles a little bit and talk about rowing, that's kind of interesting. Yeah, it was funny how I found rowing. So I did row growing up. I actually was a softball player. So in my, my dad's side of the family, they've all played baseball and softball in college. And um, so I was really into that and did the whole travel scene. And I, I wanted to do that in college. So that was my main sport. And then I was always really active. So I did volleyball, swim, um, I, you name it. I tr- tried pretty much anything. But I was mm-hmm. a pretty awkward athlete, I would say. <laughs> um, I just, just worked super hard. Um, but it wasn't until my freshman year of college is when I found rowing. So I actually went to a, a small division three school in Virginia called Mary Washington. Mm-hmm. And I just decided I was kind of burnt out from it. I played for about two months and just did the fall season. And then um, I always kind of been drawn to endurance sports. So I, I did swim in high school when I cut, got cut from volleyball. I was like, Oh, you know what? I think that's actually a better fit. And I just love being outside and I always did kayaking. So in my mind, I thought rowing was like kayaking, which it's not. Um, but I ended up walking on to the team at Mary Washington. And then I actually excelled very quickly. So there's a, it's called a 2K test. And mm-hmm. um, so it's a, a time test. And that's pretty much the standard like that determines which boat you'll be in. And um, so I, I got on the the ERG machine is what it's called. And I beat everyone on the team. And they're pretty surprised because my size as well. I'm, I'm pretty short for a rower. Usually they want someone who's six feet and I'm five, four. Um, but I did that and the coach kind of took me aside that year and he's like, you know, I think you could get a division one scholarship. So then I took it upon myself to reach out to, to Clemson, UNC, Stanford. Um, I aimed big too. I, I called Harvard and a few Ivy league schools cause rowing, um, they always have really prestigious rowing programs. And then right. I ended up at Clemson, Clemson. Awesome journey. So, yeah, not a yeah, not a not a traditional journey, but um it was definitely a fun one because I I started at Clemson with just like a 10% scholarship. And um mm-hmm. as a kid, I always wanted that full scholarship. And mm-hmm. um it didn't happen for softball, but by the end of my career I did get that full scholarship. So um that was a, a big win for myself. That's awesome. So you get on the rowing team, you know, you have success there, um, and then you decided to actually pursue your MBA right after graduation. 
What was that ex- mm-hmm. experience like for you? And why did you decide to go right after your undergrad instead of waiting um, to go back and get your master's? Yeah, good, good question. I I feel like I get this question a lot too by by students who are looking to go into graduate school, and it's definitely definitely a good question to reflect on. I it's funny. So I I studied health science and minored in coaching. So originally I wanted to do strength and conditioning, and I was really set on getting a graduate assistant position in the weight room. Interned in the weight room at Clemson, and then it was the day of graduation, and um. I actually totally pivoted. I was like, I, my plan was to do the GA position. And then I was thinking Mm -hmm. of doing lightweight rowing professionally. And, um, just my mind was kind of all over the place. And then in the back of my mind, I was saying, Oh, you know what, Lydia, I think would be good if you went to, to business school. Cause I've always wanted to run my own training business, or I feel like I've always been pretty entrepreneurial at heart. So Mm -hmm. I found a, a program at Clemson. It was an MBA and focused on entrepreneurship. So I would get um, just kind of a broad overview of, of business because I didn't have those business courses in undergrad. Um, so that's why I decided to do that right after. And it was accelerated. So it was about a year and a half. So um, I, I did enjoy mm-hmm. school, but I was, I was kind of ready to to get out. And I think with business, I knew I could apply that to a lot of areas of my life. Right. Now, as a former athlete, you know, how was it, you know, for a lot of athletes after they graduate, um, they kind of have a tough time. You know, they have that uh, space and period where they're trying to understand what's next. And um, for you, how was that process like for you um, after graduation, trying to find Mm -hmm. yourself and trying to find your career path? Oh, yeah, it was it was not easy. And that's why I'm so grateful for for this platform, the athletes advocate and the book you wrote the reality behind the glamour of collegiate athletics. And I remember just looking at your profile on LinkedIn, like, oh, my gosh, like more people, more athletes need to hear these kind of messages, because I, I definitely struggled with it a lot. And I remember when I was at Clemson, we'd have these meetings and with our um, develop our student athlete development team, and they'd say, Oh, mm-hmm. we're going to talk about um, that transition or how a lot of student athletes may get a little bit, they just feel a little bit lost after they graduate. And in my mind, it's like, oh, that's not going to happen to me. Like I'm mentally resilient and all that. But um, no, when I was in business school, it was definitely tough not having practices every day. It was just really weird not having, um, I feel like collegiate athletics, it's very structured. Like, you know, what we're doing every point of the day. And um, so I, yeah, when I was doing that, like, I think for maybe more so with female athletes, it was, I really was, I lost a lot of weight during that time actually. And was training as much as I was doing when I was rowing and it actually affected my body poorly. I have had the female athlete triad, which I struggled with for a while. And just like my energy levels were all out of whack. And, um, so yeah, I kind of struggled with that the year after, and then made a point to meet with a nutritionist who helped me get back on track and just made sure my body was running smoothly. And I was just kind of restoring. I think I was just really burnt out that year after. Um, But I think what I liked about the MBA, it it did challenge me to get more creative because I think that Mm -hmm. was kind of shut off a little bit while I was an athlete. Um, So I was grateful how that just kind of got me out of that athlete mindset a little bit. I think I needed it at the time. Right. Now, were you able to like quickly apply your, you know, your master's degree into your career right after? Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that I decided to go to business school because I don't know, I like getting involved in a lot of different areas. Like I like learning about finance, uh, marketing, sales. And uh, so that it, I really liked applying my thinking to all those different areas. And during that mm-hmm. time, I created a, 
an, a small online training business, which I still have going now. Uh, but I, I partnered with a softball facility and I'm basically their online strength conditioning coach. So I'll do weekly training plans for, it's mostly like 12 to 15 year old softball mm-hmm. players uh, who want to get a collegiate scholarship. So I um, give them a strength conditioning training plan and that with videos included. And then I also go through the mental game too. Um, just making sure they're building their mental resilience and, and confidence. Cause that's something I could have used a little bit more when I was that age. I wasn't really a, a confident um, young woman in, in middle school and high school, I feel like. And, and, you know, I think everyone struggles with that to some degree, yeah. Um, yeah. but then, yeah, after I didn't, so after I finished my MBA, uh, I decided to go to New Zealand. I just, I really wanted to travel, which I never really had the opportunity to do that. I never really mm-hmm. traveled outside of the U S and, um, there I wasn't doing anything related to, to business or what I studied. And, um, I don't know if my parents were super thrilled that I did that, but I was, just told myself, I'm going to do this for like six months to a year and just, um, just get a different experience. And, um, I, I'm, really glad I did that. It was really cool just to learn from different cultures. And I was, um, I was, I just got a one-way ticket <laughs> actually. It was, I think it was oh, a couple really? months after. Yeah. I just got a one-way ticket and then I had a teammate who was from New Zealand and then I just kind of made my way around the country, but I made so many good friends there. And, um, when I was, I was pretty much doing a job search while I was in New Zealand, uh, mm-hmm. figured I'd do that rather than just staying with my parents. But, um, yeah, so I, I found Catapult Sports during that whole little adventure. And, you know, from someone that has traveled as well, like, you know, getting out and like traveling around really kind of, you know, gives you a new perspective. And like you said, you get to meet new people, you get to mm-hmm. connect. It kind of gives you like a clear mind um, to then, you know, I guess, you know, pursue that next step. So for those that don't know what mm-hmm. sports tech is, could you kind of give us a rundown of what that is and how it started and what what are the initiatives that you guys are pushing forward um, with women in sports tech? Um, so the, the company I work at, Catapult Sports, is a sports analytics company specializing in video analysis and wearable technology. Um, so I, when I got there, I just noticed there weren't a ton of women at the company, which I thought mm-hmm. was a little bit strange. Like usually, you know, it, it is a pretty male dominated field, but I, I just thought it would have been a little bit more diverse. So, um, one of our initiatives at the company, they wanted to increase our gender diversity. So I just researched women in sports tech and that organization came up and then I just reached out to the founder on LinkedIn and told her I really wanted to get involved and, um, so I, I've been volunteering there for almost two years now. Uh, but our mission is just to help just, I think a lot of people don't know about sports sex. So the definition, it's actually very broad. There's so many different areas. Um, so I'm in more of the sports performance tech side of things. So wearable technology, um, heart rate monitors, uh, video analysis, and then you know, there's the team side. So you could, you know, really be in any area if you're in finance, marketing, sales, um, team side of the business. And then there's a ton of startups in sports tech as well. Uh, It's definitely, definitely an area of growth and just to see the growth at Catapult as well. So we're the leading provider in in wearable tech and video analysis and work with over 3000 teams globally. Um, So it's, it's a really exciting time. And we're growing, I think we've had about like 50 hires within the last month or so. Um, 
but That's yeah, amazing. I would say it's pretty, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited about it. And, uh, it's pretty cool too. Just, it's a global company. So you get to connect with people from all over and, um, I guess that's kind of why I'm glad I did the New Zealand trip and um, just was exposed to a little bit more. But um, yeah, definition of sports tech and then women's sports tech. We created those panels to just educate young people, both men and women as well, um, just about the opportunities and just high high level professionals in the field. So they can kind of learn about their journey and, and how they got there. Cause usually it's kind of a non-traditional route, route. I would say I was a student athlete, but didn't even know about sports tech. So we really want to get student athletes involved as well. And um, we do have a fellowship program where, mm-hmm. where student athletes can gr- undergraduate or graduate, they can apply and um, really get their foot in the door in sports tech. Um, so it's similar to an internship program. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually um, pretty grateful to have, you know, come across this opportunity because at first I didn't even personally know what sports tech is. And, you know, I'm in the sports world, Mm -hmm. we're athletes. So, I mean, obviously I knew there's a technology side to sports. I didn't know, like there was an actual career in it to where like anybody that was interested can Mm -hmm. just learn more about it. And, you know, whenever you guys were featuring notable figures from like the WNBA, the NBA, there's like, you know, uh, notable figures from like Adidas, like big brands like that ESPN. I was like, wow, like, these are mm-hmm. people that I should be listening to if I want to be within those worlds. And so I was grateful that you guys were actually mm-hmm. putting those people out there. And, you know, there were women too, women that were leading the charge and were, you know, experts in, in their fields and doing great things and empowering other women to mm-hmm. be great. Um, now, Women in Sports Tech is a nonprofit organization um, and they empower women and, you know, and drive opportunities for growth, opportunities for women at all stages of their careers. Why did you think that platform was important to create? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so grateful for women's sports tech because I feel like it's been a really good outlet outside of my role just to learn about the field as a whole and just the different mm-hmm. opportunities because I feel like I learned something on each panel, um, something I had no idea about. But I think for me personally, it was really important to get the message out. And like you said, show that's actually, you know, there are different ways to get into it. And it's funny because a lot of like the common theme is a lot of these panelists um, they were outside of sports tech and that can actually exactly. put you in a better position. <laughs> I would say, yeah, if, you, um, if you're, you know, maybe you're in finance for uh, like a fortune 500 company or something like that. And then you have, as long as you have the skill set and the, the passion and desire to be in sport, um, mm-hmm. that makes, I feel like it's a really good combination, I guess for myself, like graduating, I, I really thought I wanted to do strength conditioning. So that's kind of where my area expertise was, but um, I found myself in sales and now I'm in marketing, which I, I never, I never thought I'd be in sales. I was like the most quiet athlete or per- I'm pretty shy by nature. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, going to sales, that it was pretty funny that I ended up there, but it was an awesome experience and really taught me about the field and just really pushed me to make connections to and, and build relationships. And uh, that's kind of how I got into the the marketing side of it. But um yeah, so that yeah, I'm really glad we did that platform. That was when I was I was actually furloughed during the summer and so that's where the idea came about. And we're we're mm-hmm. still running the webinars about once a month. So I'm I'm glad we kept that going. I think it's just really good to to engage with the audience and build up build up the women's sports tech brand. Right, definitely. Now along with women in sports tech, um there was a women in sports techs next gen that was recently created. What is that platform? And mm-hmm. does it stem from women in sports tech seminars? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The story behind that is pretty cool. Um, so first I'll just let you know what 
WIST next gen is. So it's, it is, um, so think of it, WIST is more geared towards younger professionals in the field or college students. And then WIST next gen is targeted to middle school and high school age students. And we, so that was, I developed that idea with a few of the WIST team members and then a young 16 year old, her name's Shivy. She actually created, um, the premise of the idea and she's incredible, but, um, we just wanted to make sure those young women also know about the opportunities because then, you know, I'm 25 now. I wish I knew about this when I was younger. Right. Uh, you know, I probably could have done a better job thinking of just exploring a little bit more when I was younger about careers. I feel like I was very narrow-minded sometimes and just thought I wanted to do coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we talk about different careers in STEM and sports tech, uh, and we do have monthly webinars as well. Um, so thanks for asking about that. It's really exciting. And then how that started, I, I was at the MIT Sloan Sports Analytics Conference and there was this young woman, Shibby, uh, she was with her robotics team and she came up to our catapult booth and we were just talking. I told her about women's sports tech and we actually, she has an incredible LinkedIn profile and she reached out to me like after the conference on there and came up with this executive summary of WIS Next Gen and it was really impressive. So I brought it up to uh, the head of women's sports tech, Mary Lou, the founder. And then mm-hmm. we had a few other WIS members who jumped on the WIS next gen train, but it was all really inspired by 16 year old Chibi. And um, yeah, you'll have to, I'll have to invite you, invite you to one of the panels and actually we'd love to have you on. Um, now that I think of it. But. Yeah, you know, I love the panels. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, I, I literally, truly enjoy the panels. And like I said earlier, like I think every one that I watch, I like learn something new, you know, and my eyes are open to something else. And, you know, I'm within the sports mm-hmm. world. And obviously, after I'm done playing, you know, I, I want to be within that world and I want a career in it. So being able to hear mm-hmm. from these notable figures, like I said earlier, is kind of like eye opening to know their journeys. And like you said, like most of them didn't even, weren't even in the, the sports realm or sports space like they were doing other things and then somehow mm-hmm. they connected with people and they were able to get into that space and now they're dominating that space yeah i was <laughs> i love being on linkedin but that's kind of how i would promote the events when it first mm-hmm. started i think that was back in march and i never really did anything like that before and um yeah it's it's been a lot of fun and just all all the connections i made throughout and uh, i stay in touch with a lot of the attendees as well like i do the mm-hmm. webinar promotions so i kind of find those people on LinkedIn and create a connection with them. But Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. that's awesome. Now, if someone, you know, someone that's listening to this, if they were interested in learning more or getting involved um, in whichever way, you know, who can, who can they contact or what resources should they look out for? Definitely. I would say, well, I will give another plug for women in sports tech. I would definitely, if you are a, a student athlete, we, like I said, we do have that fellowship program, which applications for that open up in December. So with mm-hmm. that fellowship, you can cre- create, there's two options. You can create your own sports tech related idea and, and get a sponsor for that idea. And then women sports tech would pay you, I think it's around $7,000 for that, that fellowship. Um, and then there's the other part of it at WIST, women sports tech, we have corporate sponsors. So we're actually mm-hmm. partnered with the NBA, Nike, Catapult, um, a lot of them, they, they have internships. So you could also apply for one of their, one of our partners internships. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I said, the, I would definitely check that out on our women's sports tech website. And then uh, I'm always open to chat too. If anyone has questions about sports tech, I I'm mostly in the sports performance side, uh, but you mm-hmm. can always find me on, on LinkedIn. And then I run the women's sports tech social media account. So that's another way um, you can connect as well. But 
Um, now, before we go, what is one thing you believe with our listeners? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, this one's a tricky one. Um, <laughs> I would say, I feel like if you're a student athlete, just make sure you kind of get out of your athlete mindset as well. Like, I think have something else that you can focus on too. Um, I think it's good to make sure that you have balance throughout that whole process. That's something I could have done a better job with. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, be curious and, and be persistent too. If you're in something you don't really like, you know, keep being curious and find something that really energizes you and, and makes you passionate. And um, that's why I'm so grateful to be at Catapult Women's Sports Tech. I'm created, surrounded by an awesome community and um, just feel really fulfilled. But I realize that, you know, it's all, it's not a smooth process, just like with athletics. I think you just need to treat your career the same way and um, always carry the values that you're, were instilled from athletics and um, yeah, just make the most out of every opportunity. Awesome. Now, you know, this has been a fun conversation, you know, thank you again, Lydia, for being on and joining us today. Um, Do you have any personal projects that you're working on um, that we can look forward to or anything with women in sports tech that we can look forward to and, you know, watch out for um, Mm -hmm. in the upcoming, you know, months or, or year or so? Mm-hmm. Yeah, with women's sports tech, I would stay tuned with the webinars. I think our next one, we're going to focus on, um, it'll be like a fo- soccer sports science focus. And mm-hmm. then Catapult, be on the lookout for our marketing materials. I'm on the marketing team now. So I'm just kind of diving into that that work. Mm-hmm. Um, and then myself, yeah, I don't, I keep, well, it's really inspiring to, to learn from you, Michelle, because with this podcast and in your book, like that's something that's always been the back of my mind too, is to kind of get my online training off the ground and Mm -hmm. create a website and just focus a little bit more on that now, which I think I can because I'm in the right, right headspace for it. But Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I'm so thrilled that I got to be on this podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Thank you for coming on. This was like, this was so much fun, you know, um, so great. And, you know, you know, we wish you all the best and we'll definitely keep up with everything that you're doing with women and sports tech and everything mm-hmm. you're doing individually. Oh, absolutely. And we'll get you on a, a WIS Next Gen webinar. I'm put, I just wrote it down. I'm putting you on the list because I'm in charge of the schedule. Yeah. So. Awesome. <laughs> we'll make that happen. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm super excited for it. <laughs> cool. All right, good people. Catch me next time on a new episode of The Athlete's Advocate with another special guest. Don't forget to follow me on social media. My Instagram handle is at Tack, and my Twitter is big underscore A23. My Facebook is a shell tack. Also follow the podcast Instagram page at The Athlete Advocate. And remember, it doesn't matter if you're an athlete or not, whether you're a professional athlete, college athlete, or even if you just love sports. Tune in next time.